Welcome to the next edition of the Reimagine Mobility Podcast Series. I'm here with Fessel. Fessel leads our software and controls group at Mobility Technologies in the U.S. Fessel, thanks for joining me today. You do software and controls. Lots of people think of different things when they hear software and controls. Explain to us, what is software and controls? At least software and controls at AVL that you're leading, right? So let's start with yeah. that. Maybe. Thanks, Stefan. Um, yeah, our uh, department is uh, software controls and systems as well. And so f f essentially we have two teams. The systems team uh, looks at the high-level system requirements, architecture, development, design, as well as supporting the verification and validation. Whereas the controls team uh, is looking at the software level requirements, architecture development, um, developing the software components themselves, integrating and supporting all the testing, you know, mill, sill, hill, and mm -hmm. in the vehicle. Mm -hmm. When you talk software, I mean, to some guy that maybe, to my son, that would mean, you know, video game software. To somebody else, it might be, oh, no, you're in the mobility space. It's got to be artificial intelligence, and at the very least, machine learning type stuff. Give us a little bit of a, of a base so there to understand. So it's moving towards more artificial intelligence uh -huh. uh, as well. And so we have all sorts of advanced um, physics-based approaches and artificial intelligence approaches, big data, and um, traditionally software, there were higher requirements for software to be more safe and mm -hmm. more real-time for controls. And nowadays there is higher requirement for it to become more flexible, ready for the future use, for more ADAS, AD, for higher level of connectivity, for uh, domain controller kind of architecture, mm -hmm. and uh, infotainment, higher requirements for infotainment. So software is becoming um, you know, more and more complicated. I mean, it's true for all electric and electronic architecture, which is becoming incre increasingly complex mm -hmm. because a uh, uh, higher number of vehicle functions, evolution of uh, hardware, software functions, uh, network communication, and connectivity. Um, so the, you know, really the challenging applications are more in terms of the next generation of electrification. Uh, so, uh, you know, that also includes the ADAS, AD and connectivity and, um, you know, more user interface. Mm -hmm. And um, there are many different areas which are uh, making it even more complex is because the architecture itself or software plays a big part. And we also need backward compatibility. Mm -hmm. So we still want the older software to work. Yeah. We need, we need um, a framework that supports evolution at the same time backward compatibility. So that's what makes it more challenging. And keep up with all the new technologies, and new functions and features people mm -hmm. want or car manufacturers demand to give yep. to their customers, right? Yeah. So if we take that then, you feel like your department is the most important department within AVL, software and controls, because everybody talks about the software-defined vehicle, right? Everybody thinks that in the future, a vehicle is just software. Now, that's not the case. Otherwise, you couldn't sit in it. Software is not tangible. But <laughs> do you feel like right. you, you lead the most important department within AVL? It's, it's pretty important. And, um, well, not the imp most important? Right. No, You're avoiding the question there? 
<laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot of other things. There are different pieces of the puzzle. They all need to come together to create a product. Sure. And uh, we are all about offering effective solutions to solving the challenging uh, aspects of the mobility in the future. Mm -hmm. And software and controls plays a very big part in it. Mm -hmm. Everything is about controls. You know, things are becoming more complicated. There, are, there, are, there is more autonomy. So controls and software, absolutely. It's definitely very interesting. Give me an idea how software development or controls development, just call it software development for the moment for simplification reasons. Tell me how software development has changed over the last, let's say, 10, 15 years. When I first started in the, in the space, right, 25, almost 25 years ago, it essentially was you write software in, I don't know, Pascal maybe even, right? And then C, C++ comes up or basic maybe still around, lots of different things. But there was not that many, what we call today a tool chain. There wasn't that many tools in your tool chain that you could use, right? And then suddenly you have hill systems where you can rapidly test or sill systems where you can rapidly test your code and your software. How, how has the whole software development space changed? Not only, again, new languages or big data or artificial mm -hmm. intelligence, but also from the tools that you use. Right, no, absolutely. It's changed in every aspect. So as you mentioned, the one aspect is the actual language or actual software, the program that you use. So to, traditionally, we've been working on the embedded C, embedded code a lot. Now we are more into the higher level languages like model-based environments like MATLAB, Simulink, ASCAD. So that uh, has evolved and it is a lot easier for programmers and software developers. Um, on top of that, there are a lot of standards that are in play now mm -hmm. that uh, you know were not there before. So that, that makes software higher quality, mm -hmm. more reliable and easier to develop, easier to integrate and easier to maintain. It's very important that we have you know, the tool chain and the processes together with the software. The software on its own, it doesn't make that much sense because you will not be able to maintain it, update it, change it without the tools and the processes that go with it. Okay. So that ties into a little bit my next question I have. What are, what are the three, let's say, major mega trends in, in software development for the mobility space, right? Is it is it cybersecurity? Is it functional safety? Is it automated code generation? Is it AI? Is it the process of CMMI? Is it uh, the tools and the interchangeability that Autozar brings? What are the, in your opinion, the three major megatrends in software development for the mobility space? Um, so we are seeing a lot of, so the main applications that we, uh, we are working on and we see a lot of growth is higher degree of electrification, ADAS 80, connectivity, and um, infotainment, higher you know, user experience. And uh, within the software areas, what's happening is we are seeing a lot of multi-core, parallel apps, mm. high bandwidth communication, um, and domain controls. So the overall architecture of the EE systems is evolving and Autosar is one part of it, is one tool to manage the complexity of this EE system. It, of course, it also promotes um, software reusability and um, uh, it also promotes uh, standardized interfaces, 
better um, uh, you know, calibration efficiency, but it's not very straightforward. Mm. Um, what it really takes is a holistic approach. And um, that essentially means model-based systems engineering, expertise in controls and functional safety, yeah. as you mentioned, and uh, knowledge about the hardware, how to migrate the legacy uh, code to the you know, newer standards. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a complicated task, but yeah, those are the major trends. So you talked about you know, multi-cores, different types of parallel computing, different processor architectures. It sounds to me it's all about speed again. It's all about how can we go faster, right? So the, we need to develop faster, but now we also need to faster crunch data because probably because the vehicle is getting much more complicated and having much more sensors that are now being used to control Absolutely. the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's about speed. It's about the higher expectations that we have from our vehicles. Our, the, you know, mobility is becoming more complicated and... Uh, that takes more speed, more efficiency, mm. yeah, higher computing power, higher memory. and um, So electronics is also evolving at the same time. And a lot of things that we could not imagine possible, like you know, uh, this degree of artificial intelligence is, is possible now. Mm. Would it be true to say that in electronics, let's move away just for a second from software and go to the platform that software runs on, which is microcontrollers. Is it fair to say they get faster and at the same time from a footprint, from a physical size, size smaller as well? Absolutely. Faster yeah. and smaller. Yeah, yeah. Uh, comparatively. And uh, I think our expectations, our demand is also increasing, maybe even faster than the evolution of the hardware. Mm. Mm. Your opinion, mechanical, electrical hardware, or software, which which of the three is the most important? That's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> we got no mechanical or electric, uh, electrical hardware guys in here, so if you want to say software, that's fine. But it's it's always it's always a debate, right? Because the software guy says, without me controlling your mechanical stuff, you're not going to move anywhere. Right. The electronics hardware guys mm -hmm. are saying, well, that's great software, but without me giving you a place where you can reside. Nothing goes. The mechanical guys said, this is all fantastic, guys. You guys can yeah. have the best code. If I don't have the mechanics that the wheels turn, what are you going to do? So, I would say they are equally important. Equally Honestly, important. They are all pieces of the chain. Without any of them, the, the whole product will not exist. So. Mm -hmm. so if you talk about equally important, and let's say I'm a student that just graduated from high school, I'm going to go into college, and I'm thinking about mechanical engineering. That a lot of at AVL have mechanical mm -hmm. engineering degree, or software engineering. What would you advise them? Because the industry right now is telling them everything is going to be software, right? In the mobility, at least, right? Software. I mean, that's the only thing you read is about software. Software. Mm -hmm. You don't read mechanical. But what what advice would you give me? I would say it's way what's your aptitude, what you'd really like to do. And, you know, follow your heart and, you know, that would be the best field, whether it's mechanical, whether it's electronics or software. Mm -hmm. I was always interested in controls and software and, mm -hmm. you know, I really like working in this area and I'm passionate about it. And I, I would say wherever your passion is, you know, you should 
yeah. go into that area. Instead of a particular field. Right, yeah. If you look five years down the road, staying on that topic for a moment, if you look five years down the road, do you see yourself faced with a challenge we don't have enough software guys? Because everybody says, you know, my passion really is mechanical, how things move, because I can touch it, I can feel it, right? Or do you see yourself in a situation where you have plenty of people because now everybody jumps into software, right, and comes out with software degrees, and the mechanical guys are suddenly struggling? What, what, what do you see in five years? I absolutely see that. I think everybody's going into software yeah. and uh, systems, and um, we are forgetting that the mechanical is a big part of it, and mm. it always will be there. So we will get those cycles. I think you are absolutely right. We are, too many people are going towards software. <clears throat> we will have a shortage in other areas. Yeah. If all the different areas that you're supporting, let's say in, in, in three or four easy buckets, it's traditional powertrain, so diesel and gasoline engines, electrified, so pure battery electric vehicles or hybrids, and within that, again, e-motors, inverters, batteries, and the third one may be vehicle controls. You mentioned ADAS, you mentioned mm -hmm. infotainment telematics. Which one of these three or four that I just mentioned has the most complex software in it to develop? To develop, not necessarily, I'm not talking about it takes, you know, 200 people versus 20 people to do one thing. I mean, that's complexity, but it's also more code, more lines of code. But what's the more, what's the most complicated software to write? I would say ADAS AD. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the problems with the traditional or conventional uh, engine transmission have already been solved. Of course, there are more challenges ahead. Um, same with electrification. Electrification, there has been work going on for a very long time. And, but ADAS AD is relatively new field and mm -hmm. it requires another degree of complexity. And so, you know, sensors and perception and, uh, you know, all different algorithms that are in interacting with each other, it's uh, another degree of complexity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How important is it for a software guy? What is the, let me rephrase it differently. What's the best software engineer for you? A guy or a gal that comes from a mechanical background and turns himself or herself into a software person? somebody that comes from a purely software background, or somebody that comes from a, let's say, mobility systems background that has a really good understanding of how different pieces interact with each other. What, what is your best software person out of those things? So our, our typical um, and the you know, um, best software people are coming from the electrical and electronics background, okay. either computer science or, you know, having some understanding of what the electronics is really like and what are the microcontrollers and different architectures. Mm -hmm. But honestly, we have had people from all different, you know, backgrounds and we have had people from chemical engineering, mechanical mm -hmm. engineering, uh, law and medicine mm -hmm. and... Uh, Mathematics. We have had people. Math guys, yeah. Math guys, yeah. They are, and they, once they get into software and they start liking it and it becomes their main field. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool. How good would a software and controls person, how good would a person fit into your software and controls organization that comes from a background maybe they've never driven a car? They don't have a car because they lived, uh, let's say, downtown New York and they worked on. 
apps, software apps, but they clearly have the skill to also do embedded coding, but they, they, they don't have no relationship with a car. Is, this, is that a problem until they learn it? Is this not a problem at all, or is, is this a challenge for you to... It is a little bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. And um, when we say software and controls, it's, there are so many different areas. You know, there is aerospace, there are, there are other fields, there is industrial controls and software. But the domain knowledge is extremely important. Mm -hmm. So we really look for people who, who know how an engine works, how a vehicle works. Um, you know, that I think really bring, brings in the perspective that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Brings value because somebody Absolutely. understands how, a, how it's yeah. supposed to work. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe last question. What is something in your space today that you want not that you did not think possible five years ago, as it relates to software. So my background is artificial intelligence, in controls, and I've done a lot of R and D work. I never thought that it will make way into production that fast. Mm. That is really fascinating. And you see it only in the ADAS or autonomous space, or you see oh, no, it also no, in electrification? I have, I have also, I have seen it in conventional engine really? and transmission okay. controls mm -hmm. as well. And we have done many projects for customers where we have designed software that includes the artificial intelligence or okay. conventional electrification as well, vehicle level, supervisory level controls, mm -hmm. and um, of course, ADAS AD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks, Faster, for your time and insight into software and controls. And Thanks, uh, <laughs> he didn't want to say it, but I think software is the most important piece here. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Reimagine Mobility Podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend.